0: You are listening to the Crossing Anchor podcast in Detroit, Michigan. So glad to have you with us today. If this encourages you or helps, please share the word and bless others as well. Let's start with today's content. Well, happy Mother's Day. If we haven't got a chance to meet yet, my name is Emily and uh, as Josh said, uh, I am his wife. And I am the mom to our two kids, London and Jack. And um, you know, moms get a lot of uh, love on this day, and I and I'm grateful for that. But we we really have the real gift, like we have kids, and that's just um, that's such a gift, and I'm really thankful. So it's a it's an honor to be a part of this church, to be a servant leader in this church, and uh, I just love what God is doing in our church. Like I'm so moved by. Uh, the worship that happens in this room, the the teaching that happens in this room, no matter the number, no matter the energy, no matter the the lights and all of that, it's uh, it's such a an amazing presence and experience with God. And so I'm just thankful for that. I love this city. Josh and I talk about it a lot. We feel like we got the blessing jackpot when God called us to Detroit. Uh, we love this city, and we really love the people we love our team we're so grateful for you so um thank you for allowing me to open up God's word with you today I I I know it's a it's a it's a high honor and it's been a, a wild week preparing for this and so um I believe that God has something that he wants to speak to us he has definitely spoken to me and so I pray that it blesses you but before we jump into that you might not know me super well or you might think that you know me super well So I'm going to just kind of let you in on a few things. Something that I sometimes tell people when I meet them that seems to be interesting to people is that I'm from Alaska. I was raised in the great state of Alaska, and I have got stories for days. And I could tell you those stories, but I am only going to tell you one. And I'm only telling you this because it just, like, breaks the ice and helps us feel like we're sitting at a coffee shop together, and it's fun. It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. So I grew up in Alaska. I'm the youngest of five kids. When I was in middle school, we decided to drive from Alaska to Texas to visit our family. And it's about a five-day trip when you're driving, and you have to go through Canada, a lot of Canada. And we went in the winter and there was seven of us in our Suburban, very old Suburban. It was like a good plan all around from the start. And uh, this literally was before my parents had cell phones. We had our route mapped out in the Atlas. And I'm not that old, but for some reason, we were, that's how we were rolling still back then. So we're halfway through Canada, no cell phone, middle of winter, the transmission goes out on our Suburban snow it's at least 18 below could be more and we don't know which way there's a town we can look and see on the map but we don't know what's going on so my dad gets all of us into sleeping bags in the back of the suburban it doesn't run at this point. point two kids per sleeping bag and he puts on all the clothes that we have in the car and he starts down the road and we all lay in the car and pray that he comes back the inside of the suburban is frozen over as we're all laying there a couple hours later he's back with a tow truck and we make our way into this little canadian town so that was very common for my growing up um and now you feel like you know me more and i feel like you have some dirt on me so there's that but that that was my growing up and i i love it and uh it was honestly more of an intense story than a funny story. I'm realizing now everyone's like, are, are your parents like actually like, should they be parents? But yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. Hey, before we get into the message, I wanted to take a moment to honor the moms. And I know we have a few in the room, but you are amazing. Moms, wherever you are at on the spectrum, ladies, wherever you're at on the spectrum, Maybe you don't have kids and you want to have kids. You're fostering. You want to foster. You've adopted. You want to adopt. Maybe you have kids that are grown up, but they're estranged to you. They're not walking with the Lord. You don't have a relationship with them. Maybe you're a single mom or you have your mom is in heaven. Whatever that looks like for you, um, you're crushing it. You're doing a great job. And you have been given a gift to nurture people, to Grow and nurture the humans that are the future and you have the ability to be really selfless and to prefer someone over yourself all the time and it's not always easy I know it's a fight it's not just a physical sacrifice but sometimes it's a it's a mental and emotional sacrifice there's a lot of anxiety that can come with being a parent because you just like you love this person so intensely that you just want them to be good all the time. You want them to be okay. And so just know, I understand it sometimes it's a war like but there is no place in your space of being a mom. And hear me if you're not a mom yet because this could be you. There are times when you're a mom and you think like God can't get to me where I'm at. I'm so busy. But God can come to you in any place. When you're doing dishes, when you're picking up the toys, when you're running the errands, when you're putting them to bed time and time and time again. He can meet you there, and he will meet you there. And so be encouraged. We love you, moms. We honor you. And uh, we know that you're the real deal here at Cross Anchor. So can we just give it up again for our moms? It's awesome. Cool. Well, I have the most un-Mother's Day type message for us. I really tried to, like, come up with the Mother's Day vibe thing. And God just had something on my heart, and I knew I couldn't stray from that. And so I am very unofficially kicking off the People series only because I'm talking about a person from the Bible. And so um, I think uh, I think that God speaks to us in unique ways so that we can communicate in unique ways. And so, um, again, thank you for going on this journey with me, for your grace as I give you my first official message here at Anchor, but the story that I wanted to talk about today is from Luke 19. If you have your Bible or if you have your Bible on your phone, I would love if you want to turn there. I will also read it, so no no pressure. This message, this story has been stirring around in my heart, and uh, let's just pray for a second. God, thank you for inhabiting every space. You say we're two or more gathered, there you are. So thank you for being here. We honor your word. We value your word. We trust your word. And we live by your word. Please speak to us, God. This is not about me or my communication at all. I just want to honor Jesus and speak Jesus to my friends. Thanks for being in this room and helping me out. Amen. So if you're a parent in here or you spend much time around kids, you maybe you're a nanny, babysitter, anything like that, uh, you may experience this sometimes where you're watching a kid's show or you're reading a kid's book and and it's definitely like made for a kid but there's little elements of it that kind of like hit you that you're like oh that that was for me that was very like it's like hidden in there this happened to me the other day i was showing my daughter cinderella for the first time and the fairy godmother when she's getting ready to like make the carriage and make the dress she says now cinderella miracles take a little bit of time sometimes and i was like oh Oh, fairy godmother. I feel that. Okay, okay. And so I just think that there are times when things, like, jump out at us that weren't necessarily meant for us, but they jump out at us. And so, again, this happens in our house all the time, and sometimes things happen, you're like, oh, no, we're not about that in this house. We're not going to watch that show anymore. So it can go either way. But I'm constantly having these moments with my daughter when we're watching shows, reading books, that type of thing. We have this... Uh, Bible. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible, which, side note, if you have kids, highly recommend this Bible. It's, uh, it's just amazing. I love this kid's Bible. But we were reading the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, the wee little man. Do we, do we, I actually don't know the full song. Does anyone else, like, know the full song? Amazing. Susie, I feel like you should just let us know what it says. <laughs> Can we give it up for our newest member of the worship team? Susie Alberts. So, Zacchaeus, the wee little man. It's kind of a funny story if you think about it. He's got a funny name. The the Bible's very clear that he was short. Like, there's just some interesting elements to this story. But if you actually read it, this is not like a nursery rhyme story. This is a very potent and heart-wrenching story if you actually read it. This is a story of a person who is so lonely, so broken, so unloved, literally hated by people, desperate for purpose and joy. Let's read this passage together. Luke 19. salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost I've called this message today what will you do what will you do here's the setting Zacchaeus is the parking ticket officer he's the telemarketer of his day people just don't like this guy But to be fair, they kind of have a reason to. He literally steals from poor people so that he can live a more luxurious life. Zacchaeus is playing like a real, real real-life game of King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. Does anyone remember King of the Mountain as a kid? Someone climbs, some kid climbs to the top of a dirt mound or a playset, and he's like, "I'm King of the Mountain," and then the other kids like. Scramble over the top of each other until they can tear him down and someone else calls himself King of the Mountain. I hate that game. Who comes up with that game? I was talking about how much I hate some kids' games like Red Rover. Like, your arms are getting ripped off. And then, of course, my girl Megan's like, I loved Red Rover. And I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) There are different people in this world. (laughs) But, like, truly, he is playing an adult version of King of the Mountain. He is climbing to the top over people to be at the top of life. Really, he will push and shove. He's being—he he he rips people off. So here he is. He's—he's playing this this game. He's the chief tax collector. The Bible says he's chief tax collector and was rich. He's at the top socially. Outwardly, he's living a life that is fulfilling, comfortable, complete. He's got intellect and knowledge. But we see immediately that he is seeking. He's seeking to see who Jesus was. Zacchaeus is seeking. He hears that Jesus is coming to his town, and he wants to know more. But, this passage tells us, there are some real obstacles in the way of him seeing Jesus what are these obstacles there are some real things that are between him and Jesus his stature his status his stuff his job and the crowd his stature something he's born with that he can't really change something that he doesn't like about himself something that is a struggle for him, day in and day out. It's a real thing. He didn't choose it. He doesn't love it. He struggles with it. His status, he's rich. He has status. He has success. He has knowledge. And none of these things are wrong that he has, but anything that fills your heart and that's not Jesus is an obstacle to Jesus. Then he has stuff. He's got money. He's rich. It's okay to have money, but when you're greedy, you don't have eyes to see what Jesus sees. So he's got this money, he's got this richness that is an obstacle to Jesus. Then he's got his job. Everyone hates his job. His lifestyle. His lifestyle is literally to steal from poor people. And I I would assume that there's probably some real... Shame attached with his job because he knows that he's just not being a great guy. He's Zacchaeus, he's the chief tax collector. There's probably some real deep shame in there. Is there something in your life, maybe not your job, but something that you are doing in life that you know is wrong and is not kind to people? It's not what Jesus wants for your life, and it's an obstacle. And then there's the crowd. This this was the one that really stood out to me. It says, he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not. So, who's the crowd? The crowd is people in your life, it's in people in his life. People that can be well intentioned, people that can be ill intentioned, they can be friends. They can be family, they can be Instagram friends, they can be Facebook friends. You know, you know what I'm getting at. But at the end of the day, there are people around you that are blocking your view of Jesus. We're living in a day where we're crowded around with people and we see perceptions of us. We see their differing viewpoints from us. And it's an obstacle to seeing the truth of Jesus. We have a crowd around us. We don't have to be short to have a crowd around us. Zacchaeus gets this in every element, but we have these people in our life. And this is an obstacle. But what I want to tell you is that what you can't see over the crowd God can bring you through what you can't see over whatever obstacle is in front of you God can bring you through it but what do we have to do when there's an obstacle we have to climb a tree we have to climb a tree you have to take action on these obstacles that are in your life. I'm not just talking like if you don't know Jesus, you need to have a relationship with Jesus. That is that is an obstacle. But you can be a Christian in this room today and have some real obstacles in your life that are keeping you from doing life with Jesus. A full life, not just like church life. Like a full life with Jesus. There's a difference between being a light in the crowd and just being in the crowd okay so you gotta understand when you need to get out of the crowd when you need to climb a tree only desperation will cause a little rich man in his robe and slippers to climb up a tree okay can you imagine seeing this can you imagine seeing this i personally think i would laugh but at the same time this is such a picture Absolute desperation. He like had no shame at this point. He's like, I just got to see this guy. I got to get close to this Jesus. I will run up this tree. You have to get above it and you have to be desperate for it. You have to be desperate for it. Zacchaeus has climbed over people to get to the top. He's the cha- chief tax collector. And now he's climbed up to the top of the tree to get over people. But then Jesus is there. Jesus is just there. And he just stops and he just looks up and he knows his name. Then Jesus came to the place. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For I must stay at your house today. Jesus is just there, and he just knows his name. And Zacchaeus has an eye-to-eye experience with someone. He's spent his whole life trying to have these experiences with people that will bring him up to a level where he feels like he measures up. And then Jesus is right there, eye-to-eye. Jesus, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. Zacchaeus just thinks he's going to watch him walk by. Now he's having an actual interaction with him. And nonetheless, he's coming to his house. He can't even prepare for this. It's just happening. Jesus says, stop climbing. Look me in the eye. I know your name. And I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus, he just clears the way. And he opens his home. Verse verse 6 says, he hurried. And he came down, and he received him joyfully. He just laid it all aside, like, I've got nothing to hide. I'm going to receive you joyfully into my house. Think about the, the shame that he knew he had, that he rips people off. He rips people off for a living. And yet he just receives Jesus joyfully into his house. There's no hiding for him. It's just full abandon. There's something when you have someone into your house. It's really special. It's really personal. And especially someone you've literally never met. (laughs) Just come on over. So then, verse 7. And when they saw it, they grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Y'all, when I read this, I thought, oh my gosh, the Pharisees, the people, the crowd. This is us. We look at what God is doing in other people's lives, the houses that he's going to, and we say they do not deserve that. They do not deserve that platform. They do not deserve that opportunity. I know who they are. I know what they do. We are the first to say it's false. But let me tell you, when you become judge to what God is doing in someone else's life, you are your own obstacle to Jesus. God can't bless that. It happens everywhere. It happens in my life. I say this with a lot of grace because it's hard. It's hard to understand why God does what He does. It's hard to understand why God allows some people to not go through things that we go through. It doesn't always make sense, but it doesn't have to. Your relationship with Jesus is you and Jesus. Take care of that. He gives and he takes away. He's going to make it all right. We don't have to. To live in that place of, they're a sinner. Y'all, what have we been saved from? We are the sinners. We, us, all of us. So Jesus and Zacchaeus, they share a meal at a table. Zacchaeus has an experience with Jesus that causes him in a moment, in one meal, to literally declare bankruptcy on his life. If you read verse 8, Zacchaeus stood, he had the confidence to stand in front of Jesus because he is understanding who he is. His stature doesn't have to define him anymore. He can stand presence of God. Jesus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. The half. I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. This is actual bankruptcy. The whole thing, the wealth, his job, his status, the entire thing that was a hindrance to his interaction with Jesus became his ministry. It just flipped. It just flipped. And that shows me that there is purpose and hope for everything in your life. Every obstacle, we do have to move them to get there's purpose for them. There's hope in them. They are important. They're part of your story. We finish out this passage, verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save The lost. The chief tax collector, who at the beginning of this passage was seeking to see who Jesus was, he experiences what Jesus does. The one who was seeking became the one who was sought and found. It went both ways. It went both ways. This is really simple. This is a really simple message. But it spoke a lot to me because I have obstacles in my life. I feel like I have a crowd around me sometimes that I just give a little too much screen time to. So how do we move obstacles? How do we climb this tree, so to speak? We have conversations. We have real hard conversations with people. We do not burn bridges if we can. It's, this is where I'm at, y'all. <laughs> this is just this is just where I'm at. I love people. I love people so much. And when you love people a lot, it also hurts a lot. And sometimes you just have to unfollow, or you just have to take a break, and that's okay. That's really okay. But know what those obstacles are, and get desperate climb the tree it does not matter it does not matter what it looks like it does not matter what people think it is it's just you and Jesus and he is going to have an eye-to-eye experience with you he's going to come to your house and what you thought you could get in the treetop you're going to get at the table by this by saying, what will you do? And I want this very simple message to be a call to action for you. Assess this week. Assess what your obstacles are. Assess what is keeping you from Jesus, from doing a full life with Jesus. Assess what those obstacles are figure out what the tree is that you're going to climb. And find that table where you're going to sit and you're going to experience salvation with your Savior. Let's pray. God, I believe that There are some obstacles that are not um, super obvious to someone. That they've kind of been like explained away. But I I love I love the people in this room. I love my church. I love my city. And I believe you don't Want us to do life with obstacles anymore. You want to sit at the table. You want the things that first held us back and defined us to be our ministry, our story, our scars that are healed. Just pray that you would give boldness and 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 clarity to what these obstacles are. Thank you for this word that is so—it's so for us today. There's nothing antiquated about this book. Thank you for meeting us here and. I just pray that you would help us do the work, the hard work, but that we would do it because we desire, we desperately desire the full life with you. And I think sometimes when we get out of the crowd, we can love the crowd a little better because the crowd needs Jesus too. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Cross and Anchor podcast from Detroit, Michigan. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and share this with others. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. And let's live our lives on purpose. To